0: Hello and welcome to Tech Recruiting Podcast. Together we are exploring the vast world of recruiting in the IT area. We are discussing candidate experience, evaluating recruitment strategies and sharing best practices with recruiting experts and HR leaders from all over the world. Join us in our journey to imagine the future of recruitment and change the way how companies attract tech talent forever.
1: In this session, I won't be alone, I will have three people with me um, that will I uh, will introduce to you now. Um, hopefully, they will tell you a little bit more about themselves, uh, so I don't have to do it. And then we can start the discussion. First of all, we have Rudi Bauer, I, I, I know him quite well because he's working with me here at We Are Developers. Uh, welcome Rudi. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you very much, Georg. Yeah, I, I'm Rudi Bauer. I'm... Was 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 managing director of Stepstone for quite some years, so from 2014 to 2019, and from the viewing angle, always from the side, I was always watching We Are Developers because I really found the, the, the founders' idea extremely fascinating. To really focus on content to bring people onto a platform and into community where they really want to be and where they really have their hearts and their emotions with them. And that was extremely spectacular for me. And after seven years at Stepstone, my mission was more or less done. And so I decided to join we Developers. And I'm really proud to be part of that organization because I really love the way we are treating the issue. And we are supporting companies to, to hire the right devs and talents and find them and get, get in contact with them.
1: We have two uh Wonderful and smart ladies here um, with us as well. And I will start with Nina Eichinger from Celum. Welcome and happy that you are here.
0: Um, So I'm Nina. I'm a head of talent team and culture here at Celum. Um, I actually joined not too long ago, um, to be precise, in uh, April. Um, Before that, um, my background is really in startups. So I've um, built up two Successful companies. Um, one of them was Spock, and the other one was Big Panda. And uh, now um yeah, we're trying the same here at Selem. So um, we're ready to to set up and hiring um, like uh,
1: crazy. Speaking of good startups, is it still okay to call Dynatrace a startup? Which brings me to our third participant of this roundtable, Eva Maria Maya, head of R and D employer branding at Dynatrace.
3: <laughs> yeah thanks for having me and yeah i think we grew a little bit out of startup right now um have now a little over globally 3k people so not a startup <laughs> anymore but started quite small um here in austria so yes maybe a little bit um from my end i have the the honor of right now leading the R and D employer branding team on a global level mm-hmm. um when I started it was actually kind of a, a very exciting time in Dynatrace. We were like two hundred and fifty people back then, so four years back. And within then the last four years we really grew from this two hundred and fifteen R and D to now one point five K people in, in only during the organization and it also grew from from like Linz, which is our our I would say engineering headquarter, towards the entire European market. So yeah, quite exciting times and happy to be here. Thank you.
1: I want to start with a very basic question that uh, hopefully all of you can give me a little insights on. Um, How different is it to recruit IT talents? So can you tell me a little bit about your experience when approaching tech talents compared to other industries?
0: I can, I can start. Um, I would say that uh, that changed a lot also over the last couple of months and uh, years. A few years back, it was really night and day. Like um, if you posted a non-developer position, then um, you got a lot of applications by yourself. And for developers, you always needed to do to actively go out there. You needed to, to invest a lot of time to, to approach them, to hunt for them, and then also, yeah, um, try to try to get them on board, us selling the company, not the, the candidates selling themselves to us. Um, but I really think that this changed. I mean, we, we heard it also today a lot, um, but in general, yeah, not so much night and day anymore than it was before.
3: Yeah, I would totally agree on that, what Nina mentioned. I think also we're experiencing that a lot. I think the so-called war of talent, Really doesn't end with with IT talent right now. I think we're seeing that on various levels, and yeah, I think it, it's getting harder and harder on the market. And we will see a lot of I think industries that haven't had the the issue maybe years back um, running into um, challenges in, in getting uh, getting talent in because, as Nina already mentioned, I think the uh, the market is it is changing quite a lot when it comes to um company or people actually or or employees um actually searching for a job more of um us as companies searching for talent and and the talent is way more limited.
2: I I, I totally agree as well I just maybe want to add one of my thoughts that uh I'm carrying around for many years now. And at the end of the day, I think we, we, we try to, to make it a miracle and to keep it a miracle because then it's much easier to explain it internally and find an excuse why it doesn't work. On the other hand, I think it's quite simple. It's, 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 it, 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 it's the change of, of the situation and the waiting and the balance out on the market. I think in, in, in many for many years it was a simple mechanic to put a chocolate somewhere on and then we were just posting and praying. We were waiting. We got a, lo- a lot, of applications, and then we were counting them. We were filtering them, and then we were interviewing people. And uh, if number one didn't sign the contract, it was maybe number two and m- number three, you know, a list or a short list. And the, it was quite, a, was quite a simple mechanic. And this has changed. And I think uh, it doesn't help to keep it a miracle and and always find excuses. At the end of the day, we are talking to people and we're talking about people and we're talking about people's life and we're talking about changes in the the society and we have to accept and we have to adapt. And from my point of view, what needs to happen is we need to come from a purchasing mindset on a company side into a total marketing mindset. And I think that's the big challenge and that is where companies are really afraid of moving into that direction and i think the other is where they need support and where we can support them
1: how does this old stereotype hold up that a lot of people still have about developers
3: i think as in every probably group of people there is always a huge diversity also in in developers so i don't really see this this very stereotype as diverse as i would say every other target audience
0: i think it's also if you're looking for stereotypes like also um if, if you're hunting for them or also like uh, if you're advertising it that way then you also just get those people but be also diverse in, in attracting them like everyone is special and there is not like as uh, even maria said not this one type of person
3: and i think it comes back to what rudy mentioned beforehand in, the, in in the question or in his answer before it's again about people i think it's it doesn't matter so much um what kind of talent it is it's at the end it's also a human being as we all are and
1: you mentioned in the beginning that you grew, like, massively at Dynatrace. So can you tell us a little bit about your recruiting process, how it looked like in the past and how it, looked like, how it looks like now?
3: When we really talk about the recruiting process, um, what I would say is um, we have a, a, a quite structured process. Um, so what we do is we really try to, to find... Um, to get a very good cultural as well as um, set overview. So for us, uh, it still is. We we are trying to balance the culture part um, with with the actual tech, technical talent um, part because this is super important. And we do it normally in like two rounds with with also um, like a workshop. But before the actual process is starting, we are quite flexible and we are trying numerous things so for us it's it's a totally normal normal thing to invite someone over who is interested to just have a coffee talk or um visiting the office Uh, so this is this is also a a normal thing to us so we would try to really lower the barrier a lot for someone um who is interested in line to, to just get a feeling for the company to get an insight to to Experience how it would would feel or be becoming one, like a Danatrisa. So I think that that is um, that is the most important to share this insight.
1: Now another thing that I have seen in uh, well since my my time at joining developer, uh, we are developers. uh, A lot of companies, especially in the now I say it again, Swag region, Switzerland, Austria, and Germany are still exclusively looking for German-speaking developers. And that is a huge challenge because uh, there are not so many out there. Um, What's your stance on that? Um, Do you think that makes sense nowadays to still limit yourself to German-speaking people only?
3: I mean, maybe I can jump in because for us, I would really say German is... not a, I wouldn't say not a thing at all anymore, but it really came to a minimum. So everything in Dynatrace is exclusively in English, even the the chat at the coffee maker, I would say. And I think that is what what people highly appreciate. So I truly believe that um, companies that are not open to this change of searching for talent that is not German speaking Um will have it way more difficult so what we also do is we not only i mean covid changed the situation quite a bit but we also try to get as many internationals um to austria to our other locations so we have like a special people um focusing on international hiring making sure that their their journey is as as fluent as for someone in austria supporting them in Finding like flats, um, supporting them in in also getting their families um, over. We offer like German classes for those who are interested. But in Dynatrace itself, you you basically don't have a need of um, being able to speak German. And this is not only something that we are living by in in the development team. So also for example in my team we have now we are 13 people and we have like four five uh, different nationalities and mm-hmm. German is not even a thing anymore so I highly appreciate doing this in English because I'm more used to <laughs> talking in English than I am in, in German Uri, yeah.
1: uh, I'm also <laughs> interested in, in, your, in your perspective on, on this question because you, you have the experience for being mm. at the Stone you were responsible for, for, for Austria which is still a very conservative country when when mm. it comes to um, to these topics. So how did you see see that or, or still see that in your daily life?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, as I was, uh, I was uh, as chief evangelist, I was uh, traveling a lot and uh, I met a lot of people. And I think especially in the German region and it's Germany, Austria, and maybe parts of the Switzerland, of course, we are in the luxury situation that every movie, every TV program is synchronized to German language. So we are not forced to use English in the daily life. And and. Partly understand this kind of fear that people have to switch to English now, but what I always try to explain is, and I think that's important, it's it's is this kind of it, it shouldn't be a KO criteria. So because this the world is not black and white, and even if you hire a guy, just being able to to to, to speak English in the beginning, I mean. Developers normally are used to learn new languages on a monthly basis because at the end of the day, a programming language is a language in a way. So they're used to learn new things. They're willing to learn new things and you can support them in doing that to get a kind of a. German language knowledge, which helps to maybe talk to some people in the organization who are not able to talk English. And I mean, we have that cases in, in in international organizations. It's easier in startups. It's easier, but you you have old traditional companies out in the market, and they have a big fear. Yeah, and for them, it looks like a co-criteria. But I think the relaxing helps, and just find a kind of a a gray scale of possibilities is supporting. Uh, opening up this filter a little bit and being broader and and having better chances to find talents and they are definitely there, but maybe not in the german speaking countries and markets and that 's the problem and we have to solve that and there are some studies that is only in the Dach region or swag region as you call swag. it. i really swag i really like it uh, we are we are missing one one hundred thousand people developer uh, developers at the moment, and I, I think the number will increase
1: do you also have any numbers or, or data how German-speaking job ads perform compared to English-speaking job ads when it comes to developers?
2: Yes, I mean, we are, we are tracking that uh, extremely narrowly. We're really having detailed figures on that and we're doing that on a on a daily basis and we see that the ratio uh, from applicants on an English language uh, job ad and a German language job ad is one to three. So we, we get three times more candidates if it's English than German. Maybe,
0: maybe I also asked a question in the round. Um, do you think that, um, that there are, like we, we talked about um, companies limiting themselves to, to German speaking um, developers, do you also think that there are still developers outside that, uh, that wouldn't join an English speaking company?
2: Now we know the opposite. We know that a lot of German speaking developers want to work for English speaking companies so that the, they're really looking for these kind of of challenges because of course i mean what you should never forget is i mean the, the 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 native source of every programming language is english in a way everything what they consume all the stack overflows all the, the community forms are they are really participants often is english so i think they are extremely used for them it's more difficult to to uh, i think to 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 talk German and, and, and use German in their professional life than than English. And therefore, they're really looking for the opposite. So at the end of the day, we know that German-speaking candidates are more reluctant to English, more willing to, to join English-speaking jobs than other ones. Yeah.
1: And, of course, in uh, if I can not only ask questions but also uh, tell some stories as well, uh, What I hear from customers that I'm talking with, sometimes it's just it also highly depends on the role. If you if you have to develop something for the front end and the company you're working for is doing, well, some text-specific uh, stuff for, for the German-speaking market, then, of course, you need to have local know-how and also language know-how. But if you are developing back-end stuff, why should it be important? Ah. Personally, I mean, we and uh, I, I saw that in the chat as well, where Matthias wrote, "Who does not watch Netflix on English?" I grew up exclusively watching shows in English only, and I think uh, if I can talk for the, the the my generation people, thirty years and younger, um, I think it's the case for 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 most people. And as you said, it just does not make sense to 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 limit yourself, especially if you don't have to. Now another topic that that I want to 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 put the focus on is uh, and you mentioned it, Eva Maria, the war on talents. And of course, it is easier for 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 big companies who have a great standing. Yet, but Nina, as a smaller company, how do you how do you get people, developers, to actually switch jobs?
0: If it's for Bigger and smaller companies, um, then it's definitely like, um, our selling points that, uh, that you're not like one of hundred, but one of 15, uh, let's say. Um, and so you have a lot more impact, um, what you do with also that more responsibility and you really like learn a lot in a very short amount of time. Like it's also, yeah, it's some investment, of course, also that's that you can't just, sit there and watch and the other ones do it for you. Like uh, maybe in a bigger corporation, you would like be able to do that. Or I, I don't know if your manager is the best then, but um, yeah, so, so that's, I would say is our selling point. Of course, um, when it comes to like that, the people find us or like also um, we get hold of them. It's it's something different because so everyone like in Austria most probably has heard of Dino Trace, Um but I'm not sure if that's the same for Salem. Um So that's the, the tricky part. And um, yeah, so you need people like Eva Maria who, uh, who think about employer branding and so on um, to get your brand out there.
3: And I want to say I... Uh... I when I started back back in the days at Dynatric back in the days four years back basically which feels like back in the days, it was the same as as Nina mentions right now. So it wasn't like everyone. I mean in Linz yes, um, basically there was a, a broad knowledge, but out of out of the upper Austrian area and it's also right now I think we are struggling still with with um, the brand awareness in some markets. What I really believe, what paid off for us a lot, and I think that's something that I want to share um, with like everyone watching, because that is that is for me a key takeaway from from the last couple of years. Is I think it's so important, and actually, employer branding and recruiting, recruitment marketing is not only seen or anticipated with hr yeah. only i think it's something that um especially founders of startups or also like the the management level needs to to take care of and and we need yeah. to make sure that this actually gets addressed and and so on there because what we what we actually tries is selling selling the company as an employer which is equally important right now i would say um for the business success um as selling the product basically and what helped us a lot is really finding or teaming up with the developers um so con- combining like our recruiting teams very closely with developers so that they are they get educated they, they know more about what they need to to search for and also myself and and my team we are working on a daily basis with with developers and and try to figure out and and understand better um, what's the purpose there, and what also is, is I guess the key key learning, is that it it's really about um, sharing the insight and letting the developers go into the tech communities because mm. that's most authentic and transparent insight you could give um, someone from external into your company.
1: You are saying that part of your developer team is also your HR team.
3: Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sure if they would like sign that totally but what we try is really I mean it's a I think we have we all have and I, I guess Nina for you it's the same we have our target audience like as our colleagues and that was our first or my first approach um, when I joined it was like just having chats with a lot of developers try to figure out how how they are thinking about the stuff, what they what they what opportunities they see what what they are maybe skeptical about what they are interested in to really get this feeling of whom am i talking to and this is also i think a very good starting point for everyone who who wants to get deeper into yeah into understanding basically the people behind there
2: i, I, I want to 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 add, add an idea that uh i have in my 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 head the whole time because if you if if you just look on on uh, look on traditional job boards or career pages we are i don't know if you ever thought about it but honestly we are forcing people to think about if you look on a traditional job board you still have to enter what i'm looking for and where so you have this kind of two search fields you can say i want to become Marketing manager in Berlin, but I mean, that's not the way we are working. I mean, our brain is not working. I'm, I'm not tending to become a marketing manager in Berlin. I mean, it's not what I tell my friends in the evening. If I sit together with my friends in the evening and the t- they ask me about my dream job, I, I think the answer would definitely not be marketing manager in Berlin. Yeah. But that's not the way we, we explain it to our friends. It's maybe working in a great team, uh, being creative, uh, changing the world in a direction that it's, it's better than it was before, something like this. Yeah. And I think what we, what we have to, to really define new is to come from this what and where into a how exactly and why. And I think that is what's really interesting for people. And if we are going to explain that this, of course, has to do with putting people on stage, putting developers on stages, let them explain yeah, how exactly and why do we do that. It has to do with employer branding. It has to do with the stories we are telling in employer branding. I think that, that change needs to happen. We still define jobs by what is it and where.
1: What I see on a daily basis is that employer branding is still done in a way that uh the marketing team talks about how great the company is and uh, the the benefits and the infamous uh, fruit basket and uh, now we did great developer uh employer branding no you didn't <laughs> it's this isn't this is not how it should work so i'm interested in 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 your insights how how do you define good employer branding apart from the fruit basket
3: yeah, the fruit baskets. Yeah, I hope these these times we will pass by very fast. Um, but I see it happening still. Yeah, true. Um, back to your question. Um, what I believe is that yes, I also don't. I don't think that employer branding should be part of either marketing or HR. So this is how we also structured it. And it employer branding, it's like a standalone um, department closely collaborating with, um, people operations, which, which is our HR, um, because it's about people and not human resources, um, and the recruiting team. So this is like, we have these three pillars and this is working very well for us, which gives, um, us an employer branding also the freedom to strategize for ourselves. So, um, I think it's, it's also. The possibility that we have to work very closely together with um, our leadership team so i think this is actually where where everything needs to start so the to actually find out the company culture i think you need to have this access to like the top level of your company as well as so i think it's a a top-down as well as a bottom-up approach. And this is how we did it um, in Dynatrace. For example, if, if someone is really searching for a very stable, planable um, environment, I wouldn't really <laughs> recommend joining Dynatrace because everything is like changing super fast. We are growing as hell. So all of, of that change and this um, um, this flexibility that a person needs to bring, should be in in their DNA, so this is this this was our first approach, I would say, figuring out who we really are, especially um, or as Rudy mentioned it, I think um, also as a company, you first need to know who you are and who you want to have in your team, and then mm-hmm. it's about advertising all of that, and then you have like all the all the options and maybe also something on the fruit basket <laughs> topic and the coffee. I think we need to stop doing this kind of benefits race. Um, I think adding and adding another crazy benefit will not make people happy on the long run.
2: Yeah, and I mean the danger behind that is that it's it's just. Uh it's just addressing the rational half of your brains, yeah, because it's yeah. really exchangeable and it's comparable. And if you have got the older version of the coffee machine with only seven brands of coffee, and the other one has already got the new one with the eight or nine, yeah, you have a big disadvantage. And I mean,
1: how important do you think is to uh, it is to also include? Um, developer specific topics into into your employer branding so instead of talking about the fruit basket and the coffee machine to talk about projects you're working on and acknowledging technologies you are um working on is it something that you already do
3: yeah definitely i mean that's that's basically what i meant beforehand when actually i was referring to um teaming up with developers and getting them out there because what I really believe is is the key is finding places as, for example, we are developer offering, like where where developers meet developers and where they change trust. And that's, that's the really cool thing. I think what we as marketing HR people can learn because they share their knowledge broadly. They, they come together. They they are not afraid to talk from and, and exchange ideas. And I think that's, what we, uh, what I believe is, is in hiring or in building an employer brand, a huge thing. Because if actually developers are talking about the stuff that they are doing on a daily basis, so this is interesting for someone else, it automatically becomes, like, the uh, the person actually transfers or acts like an advocate, but he's just talking about his the stuff that he's doing on a daily basis and really enjoying and there are a lot of the, uh, like developers out there who are keen to share their knowledge either um, in meetups or conferences i think they are way more open um, than than we are
2: yeah and they solve their individual problems by just going to these forums and and listen to to some others and get tips and hints and tricks and i mean this how, that is how github and reddit and all these kind of platforms are are used for and they are not they are not afraid of, of letting someone look into their car into the cup tech yeah. they really love to do it and we see it on our conferences I mean in parallel we have right now the JavaScript Congress running with some stages and some sessions and it's amazing how the engagement levels are.
0: definitely it's also that that meets again what what you said before like um, transporting more than what we do and what we're working on the challenges and so on. Um, is, like, that's much more what uh, what we're attracted to than just, like, I'm looking for a Java developer. Everyone yeah. nowadays is looking for a Java developer, but what are you actually working on? Like, what are the interesting products you're working
2: on? Honestly, we're living in times where you can't... I mean, the, the dash between work and life, I mean, it's gone. It has definitely... There's no reason for, for having still a dash there. I think it's... Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's probably a minus in between, so it's Work minus life balance, if you want to, to, to write it like this. But at the end of the day, I think, therefore, if we can't switch between work and life, and it's an integral part of our lives, I think we, 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 we want to see some sense as well. So I think it, it's very important that we talk about the reason why, and the purpose. And I think people then can decide, does it fit to me? I want to know the team before I join a company. I want to know who are they? What are they doing? And I want to have an authentic picture. I do not want to have a glossy employer branding video, which is a kind of a bad copy of a Google one. Yeah. Because everybody's cool. Yeah. And. No, that's not interesting. I think that's a lie, and people are frustrated from the beginning. And we are in times that we can't, as companies, I think we shouldn't make this mistake.
1: Nina, I think it's great that you already um, that you already incorporate those things when you do employer branding, so that you talk about projects, that you talk about uh, technology. Um, but specifically, where? Where do you do that? Which kind of platforms do you use? Which spaces? Is there anything you can recommend to, to our audience as well, where you can actually... Meet and find developers?
0: I would say the most important platform is uh, LinkedIn, um, where, where you can really like post stuff. Um, but I think the, the best employer branding pr- platform is still like word of mouth. Um, so creating moments that um, where the people want to talk about and tell their friends, their families, like how great your company is that you're working for, then they will tell it again to the next person. And I think that's that's the biggest um, platform, if you want to call it a platform. And um, so this is also what what, what I'm focusing a lot when, um, when we said, okay, how can we set up a good employer brand? And we, I said, yeah, first, let's start on the inside and create some moments and create some good things that we can talk about. Because you shouldn't uh, communicate, oh, we're so fun and we're so great. And then um, nothing happens on the inside. Um, But uh, you really have to be authentic and um, more do, do it the other way around. First, start on the inside. And then as soon as you have something, then you communicate it to the outside. But most probably your people already talked about it.
1: Now, speaking of Dynatrace, first of all, Eva Maria, you get a huge uh, um, shout out from Matthias, who said that you do the best employer branding in the Austrian market. Um, so, <laughs> so, kudos. And he has a question as well How did you get your developers to get involved in the marketing?
3: I mean, it started somehow naturally, I would say. I was just reaching out via Slack to people <laughs> and um, I'm doing coffee meetings and that paid off a lot so since then I, I built it my internal network and this is also how the entire team is doing it so everyone is kind of connecting with one another um, on the other hand we now also structurized and I would say conceptualized that a little more so what we offer is kind of a we call it internally a tech evangelist program so for people who actually are keen on going more on on public speaking events if it's now like a a meetup or or conference um you name it we offer like a specific training for them um where they actually get to know skills like how to structure a presentation how to to have like a storyline in there but also like public speaking um this is all what we offer and and what we see is really um and we then reward them so part of the the training is like an internal we do like internal um, meetups and knowledge sharing uh, things and this is like the first um, real tryout, and then they are actually um certified to to go out um and this really paid off a lot so people are uh, from all all around Europe signing up for that, um, but beforehand it was really um, not being afraid to just talk to 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 them. And first it was really also not that easy for me <laughs> to to find the right ones. But then if you have like a, a handful, even
0: mm-hmm. they
3: they put you further. And this was like how everything went rolling. And now I think. The entire team has a pretty good standing and I'm super proud of, of them also being connected so well. And we work together really very closely on a daily basis.
1: I, I want to do something with the three of you right now, because I know you all have a lot of knowledge when it comes to recruiting. And I know that everybody has its little secrets you know, the, those, this very, the, you know this, those things that you will never tell to, 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 to other people because this is your number one hack when it comes to IT recruiting. Um, this is a safe space now. And it <laughs> would be a great, um, great pleasure for all of us if each and every one of you could give me and us your number one tip, trick, hack, however you want to call it, when it comes to IT recruiting
2: I think what what what's important is it has nothing to do with developers in special even if you're talking about developers here, but I think it has to do with people and I think we should treat them with respect and I think that's the most the most important thing that I see and uh, with all my experience that I made in recruiting processes in the last couple of years or so I met during my entire lifetime, I think respect is still on a scale from one to 10, where it could be, I think we are in average ramp- running somewhere around three and a half. Respect starts by placing a job at where you should write in the truth. I know from, a, from several studies that still, and I still make these ex- experiences on a day-to-day basis talking to people, in, in 53% of all cases, if you press an apply button as a candidate, you never get an answer and i think that's the 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 respect that i mean and at the end of the day you normally sign a contract and I always call it like a kind of a blind marriage you say yes before you have seen your partner because on the first day in the office you normally meet the people you meet the team you meet your boss you know the how the how the office really looks uh, compared to the to, to the employer branding videos that they have seen before and i think that's the kind of respect and it has to do with being honest being authentic treating people right and taking care about their emotions and their stress levels and all this kind of, that is what I mean.
1: Writing very honest job ads with no marketing yeah. bullshit, with a yeah. precise salary, answering yeah. to every single application, even if it's, I mean, how hard is it to write a, hey, this time it's a no, keep us in mind, how hard is that? It's
2: Feedback can be so helpful, yeah? I mean, we are the experts. We know what we're looking for. We know what they have done wrong and right. Why don't we feedback it to them and say, okay, your chances were extremely good, but if you could improve in that and that and that one, one section, uh, uh, it, it could, could become a deal. Yeah? I mean, that's useful for people. And honestly, I'm, I'm not working since 40 years and I've not met a single person who could really honestly explain to me that he's really professional in changing jobs. We're doing it in average every three to five years. Nobody's an expert. From the first minute we are jumping into that process, we are in a stress situation. We are not professionals, nobody of us. Yeah? At the end of the day, if we are doing things we are not used to do and we are not trained to do, it's always extremely nice if somebody takes you at hand and guides you through the process. That's wonderful and it's marvelous and people love that.
3: Yeah?
1: So Nina, I I, I know it's uh, it's quite hard to follow up uh, Rudy's passionate speech now, but <laughs> what would you say is your number one tip when it comes to recruiting? I mean, obviously you do a lot of things uh, right at Sealem, so what's the secret sauce here?
0: There is no secret sauce. I think um, if if uh, if I would have that, then um, yeah, I um, I wouldn't need to work anymore my whole life. And um, but um, for, for me, it's really important to be. Curious, um, so to try out new things. Um, I really like. I, I try out things, and if it works, then I, I keep going with it. I, um, but if not, then I, I don't do it again. Like really have this failer um, culture. Also with that, and um, the other um, secret sauce that I have, I would say is um, not. Um, not focusing too much on, uh, on CVs. Um, what I learned in the past was that, um, the best developers couldn't write CVs. Like, they didn't know how to write it. And it's also not their job to write CVs. Um, like, um, so you shouldn't really focus too much on what's in there, but really try to, to get to know them. And with this, um, finding out more about their background and, um, especially in, in development, it's, it's not something that comes throughout the years, but, um, like I also did a technical high school and they're like the best people. They were already experts before they started the high school because they were super curious and like trying out things themselves and really working with that. And, um, they also did a lot in their free time. And that's also some interesting things you can, you can talk to, to people like talking about their personal projects and with this seeing if, if they're just programming um, while they're at work and apart from that, I don't, yeah, they, they don't care about it anymore or if they also really focus on it in their free time and um, trying to set up um, I don't know what um, for for making their lives easier. Eva-Maria, yeah, <laughs> now it's time for you to,
1: to share your well-protected secrets.
3: I mean, for me, it's really, um, I think the secret is to connect with the people that you actually try to find and to involve them and to don't be like, I wouldn't say arrogant, but some, some of us maybe we don't know it better. We need to ask and we need to figure out. And if it's like a developer or if it's someone else, I think it's always like trying to understand the motivations and then involving them into the process as well. Um, so for example, this is like standard in, in Dynatris that, that, Deaf people are actually screening CVs, so recruiters do the pre-screening, but then they are highly involved. So I think really care and try to understand whom you are actually trying to find. So that would mm-hmm. be my, my secret, if it is wrong.
1: So to sum it up, it is all about respect. This is all about communication. It's all about uh, breaking up the silos and uh, let the speak. let the people who need to speak with each other speak. And uh, there are multiple ways. I think one great way to do that is that we are developers, of course. I have to say that. And uh, with that being said, first of all, I want to thank the three of you for joining this panel.
3: Thank you, Nina, thank, you, <laughs> thank you, Thank you, Eva. Thank you. Thank
1: you,